0: this is a blended radio audio experience welcome to coach's corner with the coaches at blended athletics
1: hey everybody welcome back to another episode of blended radio i am morgan and i am here with daryl and today we are going to talk about lights and sound in the loft and how they affect your overall experience in a workout hey daryl how you doing
0: morgan i'm doing well
1: how are you i'm doing great Thanks for joining me here today. Um, so you've been doing the loft classes for a number of years now. Um, Since we started. Pretty experienced Three with years. it. years. You've seen a lot of changes in mm. the loft over the years. Um, so, downstairs we have Ground Zero. There are a lot more CrossFit-based classes, a lot of barbell. Upstairs, the loft is more endurance-based type classes. Uh, One of the main differences you'll notice if you come to a loft class is you'll notice that it's more of a darker room, there's lots of bright lights um, and the music selection um, is pretty on point with the workouts. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit today. What is it about the music uh, that affects how people move in a workout?
0: So we're talking specifically about the music itself? Yeah. Okay. Everything. It affects everything. So I think, well, everybody can pull this up for themselves. You're just sitting at a computer or you know, you go on your phone. Just go into any YouTube search page or any kind of web browser and type in Cymatics with a C-Y, matics Cymatics. And you'll get probably a dozen or so videos about the way that specific sound frequencies have the ability to move physical matter. And so when you look at some of these videos, you might see, for example, like a guy will put, you know, sand on a glass plate and that plate is on top of a speaker. And then when he turns the speaker on, he'll play different music or different frequencies. And what you'll see is that the the sand itself will literally, you know, start off in a chaotic pattern and then it will self-organize itself into geometric patterns. And then as you change the frequency, you know, on the tuner. The sand will actually reorganize itself and then stay in a solidified pattern, different pattern based on the frequency that a person's playing. There's another video where they have a, an entire band playing and they have different things like water and you know different types of sand and even oils. All these things are on speakers and as they're hitting different notes, you can literally see the water moving in different ways and, and the oil bubbling in different ways and you know like I said mentioned with the sand. And so when you look at it from that from that standpoint you can see that literally sound moves physical objects and like that to me is amazing just in and of itself and for anybody that's had a kid you can take a baby you know and never expose them to any type of dance but the second or the moment that they're old enough to really understand what music is and you play music for them you'll see that they naturally start to dance and and bob and sometimes unusually in tune or in sync with the music and so it seems as if sound is very inherent in making people, objects, different things move according to, I don't know, I don't wanna sound weird, but the vibrations of, of the sound that are coming out of the speakers or you know whatever the instrument that's being played. And so, yeah, in that sense, if you if you understand that, you'll see that music is probably one of the most important aspects to working out. And just to kind of go back a little bit, there was a day about two years ago in the loft. This is before we had our last renovations and the power went out. And I remember the exact moment that it happened, everybody was working super hard, we were about three quarters of the way through the workout, and then boom, power shuts off and music died. Immediately, everybody's energy level tanked. And they they stopped working hard, they were still moving, but they were, you know, you could see that everybody just kind of, they withdrew into themselves a good bit. And so that altered the workout completely and I had to actually take them downstairs where there was more light and then we finished the workout because there was there was space in ground zero and so that was one of those big days where I really realized for myself just how important music is to, music to is, motivating yeah groups of people.
1: Right. I mean, that makes complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um I think when people think of dark rooms loud music, the bright lights in a workout, they generally think of more of like boutique style gyms, not say more of like a CrossFit weightlifting gym, Mm. Um, spin classes, those types of things. Why do you think it works in the loft, like the lighting and the loud music?
0: It's interesting. So when, I'm sure you've experienced this yourself and you can probably comment on it. When you get into what people call the flow state, right? Where you're doing, let's say you're doing kettlebell cleans, and you know, the music starts, the timer's going, you get through maybe five sets, and then after that, you start realizing after a bit that everything around you seems to die off. It's almost like the music doesn't even exist anymore. You stop seeing what's in front of you and all you're really paying attention to is like your own body and the feeling of the kettlebell going. It's, I, I use the lights in an, in an attempt to get people into the float state quicker and i do that by by diminishing a lot of the light that's in there because when it's i mean let's say you walk into a macy's or something or i don't know the the bay in the mall and you walk in and the first thing that you see are those super bright led halogen lights that are just casting every one of your imperfections you know out to the world it makes you feel really subconscious and. It really makes you feel like you're directly under a spotlight and so I attempt to do that in the loft but in the opposite way is by reducing the lights as much as I safely can which allows people to not feel like they're being scrutinized and watched and then it just lets them kind of break out of their shell a little bit when they don't think that everybody can see all the, the quote mistakes that they think they're making they usually tend to perform a little bit better because the, the inhibitions are gone and so I use the lights, you know, a dim setting with the lights, depending on the class, depending on the time of day, I'll have the lights set to different levels. If it's nighttime and the music matches it, I may have a little bit brighter or darker. But then beyond that, I use the mirrors in accordance with the intensity that I want people to be working out at. Also based on the song that's playing and then it's, it's a really, it's an interesting kind of pattern dynamic puzzle that I like to fit together.
1: I think it's a it's a lot more work I think than people who probably are just coming into the class realize it is yes. um, as somebody who has not been at blended as long as you have and this is a whole new experience for me um, making playlists is one thing but then adding those lights in it's like it's a whole other part of a workout and it is. yeah I even as somebody who's just teaching the classes having that dark space like you said it makes you feel like not everybody's watching you. So you can just focus on what you're doing, um, which relates into your workout. It's just, you're focusing on your workout, doing proper form and not worried about is everybody else in the room watching right, what right. I'm doing? Cause realistically the at the end of the day, nobody's, Paying attention to what you're doing. No, and they're that, all and doing the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: and even even downstairs, where there's a lot more light, you know, you would tend to think that you're under the microscope a little bit more. But I've actually found that I can, you know, I can get into my own zone just as easily downstairs as I can upstairs. It's just it's just a matter of perception, you know. And if people feel more comfortable from the very beginning, then they can get into that flow state a lot quicker and then get a lot more out of it. And so really, it's, a, it's more of a psychological thing than it is you know, a physiological thing at that point. It's a
1: safety blanket. It, yeah. it helps them until they're comfortable for sure. It does. Um, that leads right into my next question, that some people do find the darker setting does allow them to feel comfortable, like the focus is off of them, mm-hmm. um, that people aren't paying attention. Do you think this is more beneficial or can it sometimes be harmful?
0: I think it can be harmful depending on the type of movement that somebody's doing. For example, we we have the T lights, the the kind of smaller overhead lights set up in a really good area, especially where the treadmills are at. Because if you're running on something like our Air Runner, you you don't really have that depth perception, especially because it's kind of a slanted curve and um, it's just a, it's just a weird it's a weird thing to be on. And so in that sense, you don't want to be running on that thing in pitch darkness. Obviously, if you make one small, you know, small misstep, it's going to ruin your day. So, in that sense, I would say that it, it can be, quote, dangerous. But at the same time, rarely if you. I, I like to look at the loft class as a nightclub. Yes, as a nightclub. So, you know, everybody. Well, we used to go to nightclubs. I don't even know if they <laughs> Do people still dance at night I'm, anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. If the they're allowed room. to, <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure everybody remembers the times when they could go to a nightclub. You would typically have more fun when the music came on and the lights got down really, really low. And and I think that's one of the the main experiences that I want to recreate. But instead of of having you know having specific music and then people quote dance to it, they're they're simply dancing. I'm using I'm using my bunny ears again, but their dance is exercise. And so, yeah, the, the dim lights and everything really just helps to facilitate that better and much more, much more quickly combined with a, like I said, the, the lights on the mirrors being specific colors based on the intensity that I would like people to work at.
1: Right. Hmm. And so that being said, how, how do you think, or how do you feel, um, the combination of the lighting and the music affects somebody's overall workout? as opposed mm-hmm. to like just being in like a good life with somebody listening to their headphones in a bright room.
0: Right. Well, it's a it's a group dynamic at that point. So when when my class comes in, let me go back a little bit. Typically first thing in the morning when I get here from my shift, let's say it's like 4 4:45 usually when I walk in the door and I'll start getting my playlist together around 5:15 or so. I'll go through all of my class roster. I'll look at every single person that's coming in and then I will basically kind of generalize or summarize the music taste that I think they like based on like past experience. And so I'll create one mass playlist that has lots of extra songs in it. And then depending on who was in each specific class, I'll take songs out or I'll add other ones in. And so let's take my 930 class for an example. It's typically an older crowd. They really don't get down with, or I'm assuming they wouldn't get down with newer hip-hop music or even some older hip-hop music or different things like that so i would take out those songs and add in maybe some classic rock song or some acdc or something like that and i would just try i try and appeal to the bulk of the of the audience but i also try and remember that there are going to be some people in there that have different tastes as well and so i'll have a little bit of rock a little bit of electronic maybe some hip-hop thrown in there and just i'll try and approach as many different genres as i can but then also make sure that those those songs line up with the the tempo of the movements, and so if you look at something like a kettlebell swing, it has a very consistent kind of rhythm and and pace to it, but at the same time it's an explosive movement. So I don't want something that has a good rhythm but that doesn't have any bass in, right. in terms of songs, because people people feel the bass in their bodies, and when the music is more intense, it gets you more emotional, and then you can use certain songs to feed that emotion, which then makes you act in a certain way. Right. It's like watching a movie, you know, and so. Yeah, it's just a delicate balance of first going through my songs and then trying to see, okay, what does this song make me feel like doing? Okay, this song makes me feel really powerful. So I'm going to put this song in set number two for, you know, this this specific workout. And I right. just, I'll just i just go through it in my head. I'll listen to each song that's in my playlist and I'll, I'll figure it out. And usually it takes me about one class, one to two classes to really nail my playlist down. And so by the end of my day, after I've already taught four classes, my fifth class usually has the best the best rendition but I'm also like at the very bottom of my energy reserve so it's my best class and my worst class at the same time and that's that's it yeah. right
1: yeah I since being like I've been coaching classes for a while um at other gyms over the last few years um and making a playlist when I started doing them it was just like what would I listen to when I'm working out so that's how I was doing it and then since I've come here and started working with you guys and specifically you just learning about how to really create a really good playlist. Like I, I look at the workouts for the week and I plan my workouts even before I come in like Mm -hmm. the day before so that I know and I literally will sit there and be like, listen to songs over and over and look at the workout to line it up to make sure. Um, I generally will have the same playlist for the entire day. Just, because that's less stress for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I make sure that it will work with all of the movements and be like the perfect amount of music and even just like workouts that I did today. I was like, this song was perfectly timed for exactly what they were doing and then yeah. like <clears throat> slowed down for one movement and then just picked a, right back a, up. It's a really and was good like, feeling when everything so lines up cool. in the walls and stuff. It's yeah. like, just makes your day when it you does. have that perfect playlist. And...
0: Especially when you're able to finish a set or, or uh, around, you know, when that when that timer hits zero and you can do that at the exact end of a song and then have it go <laughs> right into a rest period song. It's such a satisfying little little transition.
1: The things that just make us happy yeah. in our job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like we just kind of combined yeah. all of the last things that i needed to talk about um into one so is there any kind of last things you want to touch on
0: well the last the last thing is the mirrors and and i don't i don't even think a lot of people pay attention to it but you'll typically see me when i'm walking around the loft i have one of two things in my hand either i have my my bright yellow stick that i use when i'm in what i call like deep coaching mode when i need to be able to to convey visually to people what they need to do but that's when i have longer rounds and i can spend more time you know working with the individual but if it's a really short round let's say they're doing like tabatas or like 45 second rounds with 15 seconds off i'll typically walk around with the remote and that is my main way of communicating with the class because I'm not, I'm not a yell person. Like I'm not one of these hype people that you would see at Good Life with a microphone, yelling, go, 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 push, 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 nope you'll, you'll probably very rarely hear me speak unless I feel like something needs to be said and then I'll say it and then I'll be quiet again just let people work. But I do communicate with people with, uh, with the mirrors and the lights. And so if I want people to work at an easy pace, I'll set it to green. And, and people, people generally know this for themselves, like green is a very soothing color mm-hmm. as, as is blue like blue is a very relaxing color but if I set it to red people generally know what red is and you You know, if you experience pain or if you're in the, quote, the red zone, like you feel that viscerally in your body as like a red sensation. And so I'll use the mirrors to influence people in really, really subtle ways. And that that honestly took me years to figure out. When we were back in the old loft, there was times where, you know, myself and other coaches would just set the lights to strobe and just let that go for the entire class. But then everything felt really chaotic with, you know, red, blue, green, yellow, like flashing endlessly for 45 minutes. It just felt like I was going to have a seizure some days. And so, yeah, learning how to play with that, with that color combination, and use the strobe when it's appropriate, or dim lights, or brighter lights, or flash the lights to get people's attention is—it's—it's—it's it's a, it's a, it's a science. And so, it see—it can seem sometimes like I'm not doing a whole lot in the loft, but really, I'm directing the atmosphere of the room. Like, and it's—I feel like a. I don't know what's the guy. What's the guy in the band, the front of the band with the little stick, the, uh, the orchestrator, the orchestra, whatever it's called. Yeah, I, I don't know the guy with the stick. You all know what I'm talking about. you're like yeah, the yeah, director. <laughs> we'll call me <him> director. <laughs> that that's basically what I do. And then the participants in the class, they're you know they're the ones playing the instruments and they are the instruments. So,
1: well, hundred percent because I mean I'm the the lights themselves is a whole learning curve in itself. And I'm like, I was saying the other day, I was just like, it's like asking me to run and catch baseball at the same time. I'm like, I can play the music and I can like instruct the class, but then trying to get those lights and like, and I'm like, it's a learning every day, but from where it was when I first started, I was the one that just put them on (laughs) rotating. I'm like, I do not do that anymore. And I'm like, I can cue it when they need to like, okay, we're ending here, moving on, when to like work harder, when to like cut it back a little bit. So it's definitely, it's, it's a lot of work, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to really understand how much work uh, we really do put into those loft classes upstairs, and we're not just coming in and reading what's on the board. Right, and,
0: and standing back and watching. And watching so, you, yeah. yeah. There's a lot involved.
1: So... Um, yeah, so if you have never experienced a loft class and you're curious about what we're talking about, come on upstairs and hang out with it's me not, and Daryl. It's not
0: just about putting on lights and music and just going at it. There's a there's a reason behind everything up there. So
1: yeah, it's a uh, it's a fun time upstairs. So come join us. Um, thanks for chatting with me thanks today, Daryl.
0: Good time. Always a
1: good time. <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Peace. Thanks for listening to this blended audio experience. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave it a five-star review, share it with your friends, and subscribe.